that should be good for inspection. Hi there, I'm David Gassaway, and on this Talk Around Town, we're talking building life safety. I'm here today with Jeff Thomas, our chief building official, oversees all of our building and safety division. Jeff, thanks for meeting me here yeah. out on a job site yeah, to talk a little bit in. about building inspection and building safety. Uh, excited to let the public know how, how we do things. All right, all right. So starting out, why don't you just tell us a little bit about, you know, what does building safety do and why is it important? So building safety, we plan, review, and inspect uh, pretty much every project that goes on in the city. We come out and do foundation inspections all the way through final inspections of the roof. And we are most important about fire life safety issues, making sure the home is structurally sound, especially for earthquake purposes. That is the main point of what we do. Building codes have been created over the years. Unfortunately, as tragedies have happened, then codes get strengthened and changed. Uh, they change every three years to address those types of scenarios. And, and so as time has gone on, our building community has become much safer. Okay. And uh, so you guys are basically here to just check that as they're constructing a building, that they're meeting all of those code standards and anything that's identified on the plan sets and, and just looking out for the public safety. Well, that's great. So a contractor gets a permit and they start building. At what point do they need inspections? So usually there's plumbing that goes in, electrical. So they'll dig the footings for the foundation and then they'll put in the underground utilities, water, sewer, gas, electric. They'll call us out for an inspection. We'll make sure that it meets the codes and is per plan. And then they're allowed to then backfill and then they'll call us back out. And once they get the steel in the footings, this is a slab on grade, post-tension slab. So we, you know, we inspect those before they pour the concrete. Okay. Oh, so there's multiple inspections then throughout the whole, you know, entirety of the Yeah, of the around 13 on average throughout the construction of a home. Okay. Now, do you just do inspections on homes or do you do commercial construction as well? Uh, we do commercial construction as well. Okay. Everything, multifamily apartment complexes to large-scale factories, warehouses, storage facilities, everything. Wow. Okay. So, you know, what, what are we seeing out there in the community? Is there a lot of construction going on right now? Is, is it slow? You know, what, what are we seeing? Construction has actually picked up, at least in our area, about 180% from where they were last year. Wow. All right. So, yeah, we've issued almost double the amount of homes this year so far than last year. That's great. You know, I yeah. know there's definitely a housing crunch in California, so that's good to hear that, you know, we've got all that new home construction going on. In terms of that interaction of getting permits or getting inspections, you know, what can contractors do or homeowners do in order to make sure that's as efficient, as quick a process as possible? Communicate with us. That's the most important thing. We really tend to spend a lot of time with homeowners. Part of what we're here for is to assist people through the process. We are facilitators. You know, we unfortunately have to regulate law. So not only is it challenging for us to keep up, but it is as well with the development community. So it needs to be a partnership. So throughout that inspection process, then maybe an inspection doesn't pass. What happens then? Yeah, so during that process, as we're going through, if we find items that need to be corrected, uh, we write it down on what's called a correction notice. Okay. We leave it for the homeowner to address. If they have questions about it, we can walk them through that, why it's a violation of the code and why it needs to be corrected. Are there common types of improvement projects that maybe an existing homeowner do that maybe they don't realize they need a permit for and, you know, for safety reasons, they need a permit? Yeah, I mean, one of them might be a kitchen remodel as an example, although there are some items with a kitchen remodel like 10 years after you buy a home that's new or you buy an older home 
and you just don't like the kitchen cabinets, you can actually pull them out and replace them in the exact same configuration. You can do flooring, painting without a permit. Since we're out here on site, I'd love maybe we'd uh, go around, you could point out some common things that you guys inspect, you know, behind the walls that, you know, most people may not be aware of that are in their house. Sure. We've come in here, it doesn't look like we've been out here yet. Um, so the first thing we do at this point is we do a shear inspection. So how that shear transfers, um, we would go on the other side of the wall, make sure the nailing pattern's right. We look at the anchor bolts um, at the bottom. This one is missing a nut. So this would be a correction item that we would write up. We'd walk through here and look at all the electrical. Um, if you notice up, up top, they have top plates there in certain locations. That's where wires, um, sometimes plumbing pipes will go through. Those are so when they put on the drywall or future homeowners don't throw a nail through it when they're hanging a picture okay. and okay. it'll short out your electrical wires and potentially cause a fire. Yeah. The, all the plumbing pipes, these are empty. They would be filled when we come out to do this inspection to make sure that there's no leaks in any of the joints. Um, the same with the gas lines. This is a gas line probably for a range and we would make sure that there's no leaks. Um, in the gas line. Knowing this is the kitchen, we'd be looking at the set of drawings. You required two separate circuits in the kitchen, so we would be making sure that there's two separate circuits for the countertops, um, separate circuits for, um, like I said, this is probably a range here, so that's probably plug in your range. Um, you'd have a separate circuit for your refrigerator, for your microwave, um, and so you, we'd be checking all that and, and then looking at the lighting, making sure that the wire sizes are correct. These are all 20 amp circuits. Um, it's nice because the wires are color coded, so it's easy for us to tell. Yellow is 20 amps, white is 15. If the wrong wiring is used, what's, what's the risk there? Um, it'll overheat potentially. So you can have a larger wire on, a, let's say a 20 amp wire on a 15 amp breaker. That's not a problem because if that 20 amp wire hits 16 amps, it'll trip that 15 amp breaker. All right. Uh, that definitely so, emphasizes the importance yeah. of getting permits and making sure that yeah. you're here to you know, help people yeah, uh, do projects right. And Fairfield does, I, I've worked in many jurisdictions, Fairfield does a, a great job by comparison from not only others I've worked for, but as well as others in our area to really help the community get through our process. I know sometimes it can be daunting to want to come and, and have to come to get permits. You think you know the job, you can just do it. Um, but like I said, the codes change all the time. There are a lot of nuances that a lot of people, even myself, don't know. And so it's important to have that second set of eyes on a project. All right, Jeff, thank you so much. Um, yeah. We're gonna cut over here in just a second. I'm gonna talk with Trent Heron, one of our fire inspectors. So Jeff, thank you very yeah. much for walking us through. Thank you, it's my pleasure. Alrighty. Meet Archie. Fairfield now has an automated website chat assistant to help you. With Archie, you can easily connect to find answers to your questions, submit a service request, or send a message to city staff. To start a conversation, please visit our website at fairfield.ca.gov and click on the chat icon. With Archie, it's that simple. At the City of Fairfield, we want to stay connected with you. We're back. I'm here with Trent Heron, one of our fire inspectors. Trent, thank you for meeting me here out on site. Thanks for having me. Um, we're at the tail end of fire prevention week, so perfect time for us to talk about fire safety and building inspections. So thank you very much. So uh, tell me a little bit about what you guys do on the fire inspection side. 
So I'm one of the fire inspectors for the City Fair for Fire Department, and the biggest thing we're doing now is annual business-to-business inspections. And that's throughout the entire city, and that's half of our job. The other side of it is like where you see here today is all new construction, both commercial and residential, like the house we're standing in today. Um, and then that's kind of run the gamut of back and forth every day, depending on if we're doing an annual business inspection or if we're doing a full-on new construction inspection as well. So. Okay. So um, what's, what's the primary function in terms of the inspections that you guys are looking at on the fire side? So on a new build, especially specifically the house we're in today would be the residential sprinkler system. So right. with a residential house, we're in each house twice, basically. There's a rough hydro inspection we do and then a fire final inspection we do on a residential sprinkler system. Okay. What, what, what's a rough? Rough would be kind of in, in this stage now. Right. We're checking the piping, the bracing, and all that making sure that it's going to hold water pressure so we pump it up to 200 psi for 15 minutes so we over test the system make sure there's no leaks so okay. we put drywall and all your nice furniture in the house you don't have a okay. leaky system now for existing homes let's say someone's doing a remodel and it doesn't have fire sprinklers uh, at what point does it trigger a need to add the fire that's a good question so in 2011 is when residential sprinklers became a thing in california for specifically in fairfield it's a 50 percent square footage of a remodel or 50 percent of cost value of the house that's when we'll have you retrofit sprinklers in okay so what are the typical things as you guys might come across when you're doing the inspections? So we'll keep off the residential specific. It's really gonna be gluing heads. That's the big thing we're looking for to make sure as they glue the pipe together, it's not a sprinkler head, because as you can imagine, if there's glue in a head, it's not gonna work. So when you need it, it's not gonna work for you. Other than that, it's a lot of the seismic bracing and stuff like that. I mean, California earthquake bracings, that's kind of a big thing. So making sure all the hangers are in the right locations and you got annular spacing as you go through walls and everything. Let's say there's an unfortunate situation and there is a fire in a house, but it's got a suppression system. Is that system meant to just put the fire out? The common misconception, it's not like the movies. They don't all go off at once, both residential and commercial. That all of them have fusible link. They all pop the temperature bubble per sprinkler head as the fire grows. Residential systems are designed to Basically, it's life safety, gets you out of the house. They're not designed to put the fire out like in a commercial, it's not property protection. Nine times out of 10, they will put the fire out anyways. By the time we get here, it's mop up after the fact, but they're designed to give you time to get out and eliminate flashover. So how long have you been with the city? I've been here six years. So I was one of the first full-time employees hired back in 2017. So it's been kind of interesting coming from the ground up and seeing it rebuilt the bureau from the, from the very beginning. When you say came back in uh, 2017, where were the inspectors? Well, so before my time, so based in 08, economic times, everything downturn, obviously you're not gonna cut firefighters first. So they eliminated prevention and we kind of went this weird kind of hybrid with the building department. So we weren't completely gone, but we were kind of here. It was kind of like a one, one person only kind of operation basis doing new construction okay. so when they finally in 2017 they wanted to bring us back full bore and okay. so we're back so on the commercial side the annual inspections that you do on businesses what, what are you looking for there so those kind of a little different obviously the new construction so on the business inspections well we we say it's it's almost like a behavior change kind of what we're doing it's a lot of housekeeping items that we're finding and it's obviously we look at things worst case scenario my job is to kind of help the business owners run their business in a safe manner. So whether it's storage of material or whatever it ends up being, those are kind of the most common things we'll see, whether it's incompatible materials or overload storage compared to your sprinkler system. If you need a sprinkler system and don't have one, all depends on what type of storage you are. We're just kind of there to kind of help guide and, and help them do everything in a safe manner for their own business and their own employees and also the business next door as well. 
What other types of uh, fire prevention work do you guys do in addition to, to buildings? We also do a whole bunch of other things. I'm in charge of overseeing weed abatement as well. So that's through the whole city. Very big thing in that's California. Big thing in California, yep. yes, as you can imagine. And that's not just us. So it's, I'm not gonna take full credit of it. That's a huge city-wide, every multiple departments involved in public works, PD, fire, everyone's involved in that one. Big things there. That's part of what we do outside of pub ed events and stuff like that. That's one of the big things we're trying to take our next step as we rebuild the Bureau to get out and do some more pub ed stuff kind of preemptively, not just fire prevention week. Pub, pub ed? Uh, public education. Oh, okay. Yes. Perfect. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to do those, get more fire safe practices out there beforehand, not after the fact, okay. obviously. So. All right, Trent. Well, thanks Thanks for some of uh, educating us on some of that stuff. But, uh, you know, there's some things I'd like for you to point out and, yeah. and uh, you know, further teach me. So um, maybe we can come over here. And, yeah, let's go take a look and, at the the sprinkler here. system yeah is. so these are as was your time about earlier since 2011 they're in every residential house so this is your sprinkler riser at end of house you'll have a little metal door here and you'll see this part but our as we're in kind of a rough hydro inspection things that we're looking for are the check valve here and that's just for water sanitary reasons make sure the water sits in the, the plastic piping doesn't wash back into the domestic water then you'll come up when you need a flow switch that ties your alarm bell outside. That's how we'll know which house is actually going off. If we get a residential structure fire, we'll know okay. bell outside's ringing. We'll know it's this house and we'll come in and attack that house. Pressure gauge, just to make sure it's still up to pressure. We Fairfield has great water pressure, great robust water supply. And then we have our um, drain valve here. And that's part of like, if you own one of these homes, the thing that we suggest doing is once a year, flushing your system and just kind of draining, getting new water in, into the system as well too. And that's how you would do this here. Just pull it, go for 30 seconds, let the bell ring, shut off and go. Don't worry about the bell ringing. It does not call 911. It's just a local only notification. If there was a fire, you still got to dial 911 and give us a call and we'll head on out here. Okay, and and so then from here, I know there's parts on the outside of the house out here that, yes. you, that uh, maybe, because I know on my house, um, you know, I, I see this and, and yes. I've always kind of wondered what, what's that about? Yeah, so these are basically your main shutoffs and how the sprinkler systems are designed tying into the system is that we call it the domestic T here. So there's no way to shut your water off to work on that leaky faucet or leaky toilet or, or running toilet without shutting your sprinklers off. So there's no way to forget that you didn't turn your sprinkler system back on because you're going to flush the toilet and it's not going to refill, you're going to know. So that's your main shut off here. So if the sprinklers do ever go off in your house and the fire's out, this is the first thing you're going to want to shut off. Okay. And that's the first thing we're going to do once we confirm it's off is we'll shut this valve off. Okay. If you just need to work on some things inside, you can turn your toilet off here and still work and your sprinklers are still good to go. That's why it's designed. You can shut off and just work on stuff, but you can't shut off the sprinklers without knowing it late. Okay. Now, are these always on this exact location on every home or how would a homeowner locate it? They bounce around a little bit. The typically you'll see them outside. Sometimes the main control valves and some models we have, they're inside, but typically you're going to see them somewhere on the either exterior of the garage door or just inside on one of the ends. Of the okay. Excellent. All right. Well, Trent, thank you very much for, for educating us for another talk around town. I'm David Gassaway and we'll see you next time.